0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, December 19th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The latest giant spending bill to emerge from Congress revealed a fight not between Democrats and Republicans, but a fight between party insiders and outsiders. So says Peter Suderman, a senior editor at Reason Magazine. We spoke yesterday.
1: Two weekends before Christmas, Congress passed the cromnibus, which is the combination, as you said, of the Uh, continuing resolution and the omnibus appropriations bill. So it's 11 appropriation spending bills all rolled into one, plus a continuing resolution. They did this all at once about two weeks before Christmas. First the House passed it, then the Senate passed it over the weekend. And if you look at the Senate vote, it's kind of interesting because what you see is that it passed on a bipartisan basis, but it was also opposed on a bipartisan basis. And the segments of the Democratic Party that opposed it in the Senate were basically the most liberal parts of the Senate, and the segments of the Republican Party that opposed it in the Senate were pretty much the most conservative parts. And so you have this interesting dynamic that's coming up where you've got basically uh, Senator Ted Cruz and Senator Elizabeth Warren, kind of avatars of the very conservative right and the very liberal left, joining together, in effect, to oppose leadership, from both parties. This was a bill that was uh, fully supported by the White House. I shouldn't say quite fully supported, but very much supported by the White House. They didn't like a couple of the provisions, but they really wanted Democrats to vote for it. This was a bill that was uh, pushed for by Republican leadership uh, very much in the House. They really wanted to get this through, and they were worried about it. There was a a point at which um, they actually delayed a vote because they weren't sure that it was going to pass while they were trying to get it through there. And so it's just this interesting dynamic that you see taking hold now, um, and that may that we may see more of over the next couple of years uh, before the twenty sixteen elections, where the very conservative parts of the Republican Party and the very liberal parts of the Republican of the Democratic Party are are both fighting their own leadership, fighting the the leaderships of both sides that have joined
0: together. Uh, Bill Niskanen for years here at Cato blamed in effect Karl Rove for a lot of polarization in Congress by choosing these issues that would uh, suppress opponent voter turnout and and gin up voter turnout for uh, the incumbents, in his case, Republicans. Uh, and he says that, that that's persisted largely, but according to you, we're, we're sort of seeing... Insiders versus outsiders, the standard bearers versus insurgents within within the party. So what does that – what evidence do you have of that uh, beyond this cronivist vote? So obviously partisanship isn't gone for good
1: and obviously polarization is still something that is real and both parties um, – are still interested in bringing out uh, base voters. You saw that in the 2014 midterms on both sides. Both sides were in very base-heavy campaigns. Democrats in particular, it was all about turnout. I think you will still see more of that in 2016. However, I I think that what you're also seeing um, on both sides is a kind of rethinking of the party image uh, and sort of a a little bit of of, of stop and Let's work on the direction we're going here and think about what it is what our party really means for Republicans. This has been going on uh, longer. I think you can really trace it back to t- uh, 20, 2006 in that midterm in which the Republicans took a huge beating um, two years before uh, President Bush was uh, was out of office um, and. S- coming out of that beating, the Republican Party kind of took a look at itself and said, what are we doing? What is it that we stand for? And it's led to all of these convulsions uh, on the right with Um, with the Tea Party and with uh, kind of reform conservatives, you know, which are which is a group of people who have kind of really pushed for a a renewed emphasis on smart domestic policy and also with the kind of uh, libertarian streak that we've seen within the party. And all of these strains are kind of vying for control and vying for for new direction. And a lot of that is about rethinking uh, not just where the party is going, but what it has stood for in the past, in particular, support for Bush era initiatives and the big Biggest Bush era, uh, you know, the Bush was a foreign policy president, um, I, I think. And so you've seen a lot of kind of dissension in the ranks on civil liberties issues, on mass surveillance issues, on that sort of thing. Um, and, and I think you're going to start seeing some of that On the left, as well, within the Democratic Party, you've seen a couple of prominent senators come out and say that Obamacare was, they don't say it was a terrible idea that we shouldn't have done, period, but what they say was, well, we didn't do the right health care bill. We should have done it maybe later. We should focus more on the economy. You saw this in the midterm, as well, where only about a third of uh, Democratic candidates up for election in the House uh, actually Vocalized full support for Obamacare. This is the signature initiative, the biggest domestic policy initiative in decades. Um, really, what the Democratic Party has been leading up to for for 30 or years or more, and uh, only about a third of the party um, in the House is supporting it clearly at this point. Um, and so, you're just seeing these kind of this this kind of situation where parties are really rethinking their image and also rethinking whether or not it, they actually support all that their last administration you know, or in, for the Democrats, the current one, uh, actually went forward with.
0: There seems to be at least uh, some clear good news for uh, libertarians on the side of Republicans that is rethinking a whole lot of Bush-era overreach and perhaps some from Democrats. But it seems like if Obamacare is the only thing that Democrats, even in relatively small numbers, are willing to seriously rethink... Uh, what should libertarians be happy or sad about with respect to this insider-outsider fight?
1: Well, I think libertarians should always be happy uh, whenever the edges of the party are are fighting or you know working against in some way the center of the party almost always that's that's basically a, that's just generally a good dynamic for libertarians uh, libertarians are in a lot of ways and should be uh, political outsiders and so when outsiders are are speaking up i think that's basically a good thing for people who Who aren't interested in traditional two-party dynamics and politics as usual, and so the more we see that, I think, just in general, that's something to be appreciative of. Not that it's always that every policy that you know, not on you know, sort of every little policy mark uh, everywhere, but um, but that it it's just it's generally a positive dynamic that when parties can rethink what they're doing, when parties are when there's some tension within them. Um, And when the the traditional two-party splits and the partisanship that goes with that and the sort of the very down-the-line republicanism and down-the-line democratic party line, uh, when those are – when there's more to politics than just that.
0: Where are some uh, areas of, I suppose, low-hanging fruit for the extremes to actually form a legitimate – uh, victory on substantive issues.
1: We've already seen a little bit of it um, on surveillance issues, in particular, and that's one where you actually see an awful lot of Republicans are very skeptical of some of the Bush-era surveillance uh, programs that have that have been extended into the Obama administration. I think that's a that's a big place. Um, drone strikes, uh, which are related, um, you see somewhat more support within the Republican Party, but you also see a fair amount of skepticism, and that's one where Republicans have really led, Um, I would also point to criminal justice issues, especially in the states. And that's a really interesting one where you've long seen uh, criminal justice reform was considered a a liberal issue. But um, in the last couple of years, especially after some reforms that we saw in Texas under Governor Rick Perry, you've really seen Republican governors uh, pick up and take the lead on that because for them it's a budget issue and it's just a lot cheaper to not put people in jail and not keep them there. Um, and and so when Republicans are looking at their budgets in the states that's a, that's a big deal and Democrats uh, liberal reformers um, ha- have been happy to go along and that's been a, a very constructive uh, place for for compromise and and for working together and I think those sorts of issues in particular it's going to be harder on some of the economic issues uh, definitely but even if you look at the health care law just the the democratic ambivalence about it. I don't think that there's gonna be a big coming together in like a, you know, there's not gonna be a kumbaya moment where left and right are just like, yes, this is what we should do on healthcare. But if you continue to see on the left, a little bit of wariness, a a little bit of discomfort with how Obamacare is working or or not working, that's gonna create opportunities perhaps for some types of reforms
0: uh, that, that could be really quite productive. Peter Suderman is the senior editor at Reason Magazine. Learn more about waste in the federal budget at downsizinggovernment.org and cato.org.